What is up? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Welcome back to a new episode of HTW Podcast. My name is Derek, accompanied by my co-host Kevin and Andrew. And yeah, our podcast is really made to really generate conversations, community, and just kind of encourage you to do your own research in regards to investing because we felt like we grew up around not a lot of or we felt like we grew up without a lot of help or kind of information about financial education or learning about these concepts and so we wanted to kind of start that conversation earlier for our listeners and as well as continue some learning for ourselves and so for this week we're continuing on from what we've been doing which is kind of this beginner get started today series focusing on active investing with fundamental analysis and for this episode we thought it'd be great to kind of take what we talked about in part two and bring it to life and apply it to a specific company and take a look at their stocks quantitative and qualitatively and kind of discuss that so that we give the listeners an idea of the general thought process and discussions that could happen when you're deciding on whether a stock is worth it or not for you to buy and add to your portfolio. So before we dive into this nice, meaty conversation, we're going to pass this off to Kevin for an ad. All right, welcome back. So today we're going to be talking about the about Facebook stock and debating on whether Facebook is a buy or uh, buy, hold, or sell right now. So they're, they're like three parts, right? So buying, where you can buy the stock, you can hold the stock, and you can sell the stock. Anyways, or just not buy the stock at all, right? So the, Andrew's lo- looking at me. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Basically, so we, a bear or bull case. Yeah, so we are you, prepared are you for a bear. Facebook, or are you against Facebook? Exactly. So we've prepared oh, yeah, wait, a bull <laughs> <laughs> We're like making some some claims. I, I think I think we're just here to discuss Facebook um, and its and its stock. I don't think we're here to like lay claim as whether you should buy or sell it. But just talking about its upside and also its downsides. And that's like right. Andrew's being very right. political about this, so that goes into <laughs> how. We are not financial advisors, so Derek and I and Andrew, you don't have to listen to any of the things we say, so just take all of this as entertainment, and if you want real advice, go contact your financial advisor. So anyways, coming back to the Facebook discussion, uh, so Andrew's a big bear in this, so a bear is somebody whoa, that whoa, doesn't... Whoa. Well, okay, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me continue. <laughs> so a That's bear... how you a fight. He calls you out. <laughs> Step into the ring, you bear. <laughs> so a bear is somebody who doesn't either believe in the stock or thinks there are a lot of downsides to a specific stock or company. Right. And is it because of the shape of the general like stock? You know, like is that why they call it a bear or bull? Like, does it have anything to do with like the curves of like the stock performance? I, I don't know. Maybe, but I think it's just like when you're bearish on something. Actually, mm-hmm. bearish is – so it's like being bearish on something, so then you're a bear. And then being bullish, so now you're a bull. So being mm-hmm. – I wonder if like those words came first. Anyways, so being bullish or being a bull for a specific company or stock is when you really believe in the company and you believe in their growth aspects. So you would buy the stock in this case. 
Yep. I don't Anyways. think it necessarily has to be its growth aspects, but yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Positive, yeah. positive, positive sentiment towards Right. It. Right. So, um, to kick it off, I think, it, where should we start? Should we start with something like, so we should start with the quantitative stuff so we can kind of like talk about like the hard numbers. Yeah. So I think kinda, that's a great way to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some of the, I mean, so on my side of things, yeah, I'm a pretty big bull on this side. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to act to be a big bull, right, Andrew? Well, well, just say the the quantitative. There's it's just <laughs> numbers. There's not much emotions behind these stats. Right, right. Like so, that. with the financials, right? So Facebook as a company has been growing the revenue twenty eight point six eight percent year over year. So that just means. In, at the top line so what the money that's coming into the company has been go- growing almost 30 percent over the last year and that's including uh the pandemic right so i think that's a big that like plays a big role in showing how face facebook can kind of grow in any environment and that they they have many uh forms of revenue right so some of the forms of re- or I think a lot of people know this, but with Facebook, their main form of revenue is through their ads, right? So if you go on Facebook.com, you see ads. If you go on Instagram, because Facebook owns Instagram, they have ads. Um, So a lot of businesses go through Facebook to show their ads, and that's how Facebook revenue grows. And I think a lot of people on the bearish side of things kind of thought that revenue would have dropped this year because... With the pandemic, small businesses wouldn't be able to use Facebook ads as much. So then it would contribute to Facebook's revenue growing down overall. Um, so what do you think of those numbers, Derek and Andrew? Yeah, I think or- if I were to... So for, there are a couple things from what you said that I would... I can see myself being bearish, actually, um, mm. on Facebook. So just from the numbers of what you were talking about in terms of like the growth aspect of the company and how it's been growing year over year and increasing its profit margins and also being able to kind of survive in different environments, both post and pre-pandemic. I think a lot of that, in my opinion, I think a lot of the growth for Facebook is also attributed to kind of the tech boom. Like I think all tech companies have been doing really well. Um, And so like, for me to consider buying Facebook now after it has already kind of boom, I'm I'm actually not quite sure if they can continue that performance of year over year growth um, into kind of the long future. Um, and so that's just kind of my thoughts on things. And then in regards to when you were talking about the ads and how small businesses or well, people thought, like I think for me, I, I would have thought that small businesses would have used Facebook ads more during the pandemic because they probably got hit really hard with kind of customers and being able to get people to their restaurants and a lot of people could have assumed that like many restaurants were just straight up closed and so if i was like a restaurant owner and i had like some cash that i was sitting on and i wanted to increase kind of my profits or increase customers uh, i would probably use facebook ads as a way to say like hey we're still open and like you know to kind of virtually market because you can't really market anymore for yourself kind of just by having a restaurant so i think that's those would be like counter claims or how i would view those numbers like yes i do agree though those numbers are really good um and when you talk about the other quantitative 
statistics um that's kind of where i agree on a bullish case but on, and for this one i i can see it being a bearish one as well really you can see just revenue going up 30 percent being bearish yeah Are you or i'm bearish like- as in i don't expect that to continue i i, I can oh, see, I see it trailing see. off because i i think okay. a lot of that is attributed to a tech boom and kind of what i said earlier about the other stuff yeah to add on to that i think um Obviously, I'm going to take a little bit more of a more pessimistic stance, so more of a bearish stance on this. But I think oh, off, uh, I think some analysts can... bear stance. <laughs> uh, some analysts also think that um, the pandemic has, has actually helped um, user. Uh, I can't remember the actual term for it, but basically, users being active on um, social media. Oh, like the DAOs. Dow's a mouse. So like uh, daily active users and right. monthly active users. Yeah. And not to say that there's a, there is a trend that goes, extends beyond the pandemic that definitely shows an upward trend. But I think, um, I think that argument also applies the other way where basically I think it also has helped that there is a pandemic and people aren't able to really go out and um, spend that time, more time outdoors. And so mm-hmm. uh, I think it's like not necessarily a bullish um like statistic, I guess. I see. So yeah. to counter some of the things that were mentioned, so from Derek's side, the the tech boom you're referring to is mostly referring to like the stock, right? It's not right. referring to the actual business. So Facebook does get um, some, what do you call it? Some revenue streams. So uh, the thing is like, they don't really get, Rev so their revenue is mostly based off of ads and like the the users on the platform and then obviously the more users on the platform, more people like other companies are gonna be willing to pay more. So that goes to like what Andrew was talking about, how daily active users are going up because so since daily active users are going up because of the pandemic, then like other companies charge more. Yeah, so they can charge more to other companies. My thing is that like the even if you're like a small business you wouldn't be advertising on facebook if you didn't have the money for it right you can just i mean you can just start a facebook you can make a facebook post and be like oh we're open or like you can do a yelp thing where like oh we're open now or whatever right because people usually use yelp or facebook to kind of build out those communities because like the communities exist on those uh, platforms already okay so technically um they didn't they didn't have to use ads and i think they wouldn't use ads because these companies or like these small businesses wouldn't have the money for it right because they were struggling because of the pandemic um and yeah i mean that just counters a couple of things that you guys mentioned but i do agree that the the active users probably played a part in allowing Facebook to charge more for their ads. So, and that kind of moves into the next uh, statistic where Facebook has a history of their gross margin being above 80%. So this allows them to reinvest all of their capital into uh, new projects or new, uh, new, new sectors. So obviously sure. they've been moving into VR gaming with Oculus. Um, they've been able to acquire other businesses with Instagram. So Facebook was Facebook by itself 
originally. Then they acquired Instagram and they acquired WhatsApp. So you can kind of see their gross margin because they're a completely tech company or a technology company. So it allows them to acquire other companies or acquire new investments. And gross margin, just to like recap from our previous part two segment, is kind of all the revenue left over, right? After expenses and all that they can keep, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's like revenue minus expenses. Yeah. In like So they're the keeping 80% terms. pretty much of what they make. Yep. Right. Which is really good. Um, I mean, I think generally speaking... Uh, I feel like software-based companies and particularly advertising when it's not physical, it's digital, doesn't really have high um, fixed costs, not fixed costs, fixed sorry. Fixes and stuff, yeah. Um, variable costs uh, mm-hmm. for like what they, what they offer. So right. um, basically what that means is that like, because it's not a physical product, there's no raw goods or things that need to be, um, the expense that goes in for each product sold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, sure, there's probably like none. hosting yeah. their servers and all that, but right. Yeah. So nothing against this. I mean, or are you I, saying yeah, it's expected? No, I, I'm saying that it's it's definitely a a model that I think it's it's made to work in that manner, yeah. and grow in that manner. Because I don't think there's I, I think like you said earlier, I think it they're only able to to join or go into those different ventures because they have like. The money to do it which is coming mm-hmm. from something that obviously doesn't cost them too much to right. grow continue to grow right right yeah which and is I guess it's like to too grow. soon oh sorry what'd you say kevin mm, continue go ahead oh and i was gonna say like i guess going off of what andrew said how like this is kind of their business model of being a technology company that they would kind of naturally have higher gross margins it's kind of now seeing what they do with that extra money and how those those projects could possibly take off. Like I know, like they're funneling a lot of R and D and kind of development projects with acquiring other companies around that kind of tech or social media field, and then also with diving more into gaming and VR. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't think that area has really like taken too much hold in the public eye yet. And so I guess like sure. it's kind of to see like how successful can that be as like their new business venture. I think even like not even just in the public eye, if you look at their financial statements, I think uh, to this day, um, I don't think it's changed much their revenue percentage. I think it's still around 97, 98% of the revenue is coming from advertising. Whereas wow. three to three to 1% is um, based on other sources. So that's like Oculus, um, and I'm not quite sure what the other stuff actually would be. So, so that's correct. But you got to remember that now their advertisements aren't only on like Facebook, right? So now right. their investment to Instagram is paying off. You can kind of see that, right? right. Because if so, you look so that at the, number is still in, is still inclusive of all their product groups, right? So you got to think yeah. about their other investments. So like you can say now that. They're investing their investment into buying Instagram was a really good investment because now Instagram has one of the highest ad conversion rates out of all platforms. So it has about, okay, this is going to sound low, but if you know that space, it's like pretty high. So Instagram has about a 1.08% conversion rate. And then for, for comparison, 
Wait, can you talk about what conversion rate means? So a conversion rate is for every person that sees an ad, that that percentage of people will click on that ad and uh, buy the product. Buy so that's actually click on the ad. Yeah. Well, I think they record it differently for some people. I think I'm not super sure, but I know for a fact that you have to click on the ad. So that's the conversion. So out but of 100 then, people, one person clicks on the ad. Yeah. Sounds but about if, right. Yeah, but if you compare it to like the next the next best, which is like Twitter, Twitter has about a 0.77% conversion rate. Wow. So Instagram is about, I mean, 30 to 40 times better, or 30 to 40% better than uh, than their next best competition. And another another site that does really well with conversion is Pinterest, and they have a 0.54% conversion Jeez, rate. Jeez, that's so low. Yeah. I'm curious, to see, like, it's like hard for, like, I feel like, websites and companies that are on the web it's easy for them to track kind of those Mm -hmm. statistics because we give them our data but um (laughs) like i'm curious like you know tv ads or commercials or super bowl ads like what are their conversion Mm -hmm. rates like and and it'll be probably like hard to exactly calculate if that's directly a cause from (laughs) seeing that ad but you know like remember seeing those like shark vacuum cleaner commercials that are like (laughs) always playing or something like i'm sure they have stats somewhere too yeah. And I almost feel like that's, I think, Derek, you bring up a great point, which is like, I think with the, the whole digital advertising age, like the, this whole targeted ads movement has definitely allowed companies to a, be able to actually measure how effective their marketing um, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, plans are. So I yeah, think that's right. actually- It's changing. Uh, like, I feel like we're living in this age where marketing is changing the way we see, view, interact with ads. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's pretty yeah. interesting. And that's the other part that I like about Facebook, just because they allow small businesses to large businesses so much data. Okay, this is like debatable if it's good or bad, but they give the businesses so much data that they can optimize their business in a way where they could be they can grow as fast as they want, as uh, mm-hmm. big as they want, right? So now we don't have only big businesses knowing all the statistics of like Super Bowl ads, right? Because if you want to do a high conversion ad on TV before. The Super Bowl ads were always the best, right? But now, as a small business, you can be find you can find out your target audience through Facebook a lot easier. So it allows like the the mom and pop stores to kind of grow a lot better or a lot more efficiently. Sure. Hmm. You know what? What I'm actually interested in. I don't know if this was this is ever available, but it's to see the breakdown of revenue based on product. Mm. between like uh, Facebook's products. And then also another thing is to see how much of that money is actually coming from small business. Because my big hunch is that most of their revenue um, is actually coming from larger corporations that are paying for marketing. Um, I think it depends. That can be true. I mean, I see I see a lot yeah. of big corporations on there. It's not yeah. like... Well, it depends like what metric you're looking at, right? So like if you're talking about total spend... Well, I'm talking about prob- yeah, total spend, yeah, right, right. Right, yeah. So if you're looking at total spend, yeah, you're probably right. It's larger corporations, um, political ads, right? They pay right, a ton. Super controversial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I think, what was it? Obama spent a ton when he was running for president. And I, I heard it like helped him win over whoever it was back in 2012. <laughs> That was a long time ago, but like Romney, I think. Yeah. Was it Romney? Yeah. So like I, like they even like I, I mean even recently like po- politicians have been moving on to social media, 
like with AOC on Twitch or uh, AOC on Twitter. I mean, everyone's on Twitter now, right? With all the yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, politics have been moving into the ad space a lot more. Not even businesses now. Yeah, and I think that's actually maybe something that great point that you bring up because I think that's actually one thing that makes um, the business model tricky in my head. Um, you brought right. up how I think targeted ads and this access to da- um, to user information is available to some of the businesses or even political entities that want to use Facebook as a way for them to, um, you know, get people to buy the products or, you know, propaganda. Like, uh, yeah. Spread their, um, you know, their opinions. Mission. Um, I mean, obviously you've seen the effects of that or not effects of it, but maybe the controversy around it um, with the whole, um, Cambridge Analytica scandal that broke out. Um, and I think that's... Do you want to explain maybe, the scandal a little bit? Yeah, sure. So basically during the, I believe, 2016 election cycle, um, Donald Trump, um, Donald Trump's uh, basically his election, his presidential election team um, hired uh, Cambridge Analytica to run a campaign for them through social media. Mm-hmm. And they were very successful actually in... Um, Basically, what Cambridge Analytica does is they have ways to access um, the various sources of data, including Facebook's uh, data, to yep. highly target ads or even political campaigns to people groups that they feel like either um, are kind of like in the, in the edge of things or really for, like I guess, the, what they're trying to go for, which was for Donald Trump's campaign. And um, it kind of got, um, I guess, controversial when it was revealed that they're the way that they've been accessing the data has been actually um, against some of the privacy policies that were um, in place for Facebook, or maybe even not part of the privacy policies, but Mm -hmm. kind of unethical way of using user user data. And um, people have also found that, or through some investigation has found that Cambridge Analytica has also done some of their works for other political entities and the thing in the Caribbeans and also some, I think in Africa, Mm-hmm. And they got shut down um, because of just the power that they have to kind of sway people's opinions and, um, yeah, ultimately voting decisions. Right. Yeah. But would you rather, like, private companies like Facebook lock up their data then from, from like, allowing uh, other sources from accessing it? I don't think it's black and white like that. I think it's, right. um, I, I think just right going back to this, cause we're talking about, we're not talking about politics here. Yeah. We're talking about the stock. I think as a mm-hmm. business, I think there's obviously a gray area where you have to operate because obviously their ad, their revenue as a, as a business relies heavily upon their ability to target specific groups of right. people. Right. That's why. Um, I mean, yeah, it's and I think the, I think the hunch or maybe the, yeah, the hunch that I have is that data regulation, um, and things surrounding that is very contentious, I think, t- particularly during these last past four years. And I think even moving forward, um, I think Congress and uh, lawmakers, uh, particularly in America, pretty they haven't really made really forward-stepping um, legislation. I think in the U- uh, EU, it's def- definitely been way more progressive in the way that they're treating people's data. Right. Um, but here, it definitely hasn't been like that. And I think that's where um, a lot of, not just Facebook, but uh, a lot of these tech companies are going to have to fight some difficult legal battles, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right, so I think, I, oh, go, oh ahead. go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Derek. I'm, no, you should, because uh, I'm going to segue into qualitative kind of thoughts and ideas. 
Because we've been talking basically from a stat. Well, th- we're moving into qualitative aspects, right? right? That's what I was going to mention. Is like We're kind of already kind of talking about market outlook and what mm-hmm. we are envisioning Facebook to either still have a place in this market or if it's kind of going to shrink like the industry yep, itself. Yep. So I, these, yeah. yeah, I think that's great that you get, you're giving this section a title because we're, Andrew and I are just going to fight the entire time if we do it. <laughs> we're so, not fighting. We're discussing this. This is civil. <laughs> or debating. Civil debating. discussions. So like Andrew's point on that, right? So the he's basically saying the market outlook for Facebook and any other big tech companies are a little bit more shaky or like it's uncertain just because. We're kind um, of at this precipice of data and right. how that's used. Like more and more people are becoming aware of that and that could right. influence legislation. Right. Yeah. So like, well, not even that. It's just, well, it is that. It's because people are becoming more aware of their data being shared, right, publicly, that now like they're going to push their politicians to act in ways that might be unreasonable because like politicians aren't tech people. So they might not know how to regulate properly and it might go either way, right? They might over-regulate or they might regulate in a way that it doesn't affect anything. So, right. That's one um, take, though, right? That's that's your, that's your opinion of. I mean, of the it's way true, people though. view, right? So, it's so, true, so your your take, I think, Kevin, just to clarify, is that I think you think that people are are just now figuring out that they don't want their their data to be public, and therefore, um, that might the consequences of that might be that their whoever's representing them in uh, government might mm-hmm. take very. Um, harsh steps towards regulating that mm-hmm. yeah right so with that i think with regulation it makes facebook's mark or market outlook even better in my opinion just because one thing so at the ad space has been kind of stale recently right in the last few years if you look at how if you if, have you guys ever tried to like run an ad on facebook no. no. So I, I, so I have, I have. So it's super simple. You can run an ad and you can choose your age range and the, like the, if you're male or female, like the gender groups and then the area. Wow. Super basic, super, super basic. But if you have other data, right, you combine other data to find out certain things. So like, you're like, oh, like this place tends to be more conservative if you're, if, if you're running a political campaign, right? Mm-hmm. So then you're going to run an area or run ads in that specific area for a specific age group. So it's super effective for that stuff, right? But my thing about it is that it's too basic. Like you're, it's just like, like uh, you're assuming a lot of things by making an ad like that. So I think with more regulation, making it more difficult for Facebook to gather data, Facebook's going to have to be more creative. And with their talent, they're going to come up with new categories that we can uh, we can focus on when we're creating our ads. And then with this, it would also abstract away some of the personal data that you have they have access to. So, like, like an example is like, oh, you look a lot, you look at a lot of dogs, right? Like, if you're on Instagram, you follow a lot of dog trainers, and you're looking at uh, like every time a dog photo comes up, you like it. So then now they can target a dog group. So now Chewy, a company that sells dog products, can come onto Facebook and say, oh, I want to target dog people. That's my take on like more regulation. I think Facebook, a company who has a bunch of talent, 
has the ability to pivot and move in a way where they're going to be more creative with their new, uh, at least with their advertising of advertising space. I don't know, but what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, like I don't, I don't disagree with you. I think um, there's there's not a lack of talent for them to kind of pivot, but I think maybe the reason I brought up the earlier point about regulation was uh, initially. I mean, I think in what in the last past year, maybe two years, there's been talks about um, Congress wanting to break up Facebook um, between like Facebook, Instagram, and I think like some of the other ventures they have. Um, and so that that being said, that's regulation beyond just data regulation, right? It's that's going to the extent of breaking up Facebook into multi, uh, multiple companies, right? Um, and I mean, you know my take on this, but I think it's not going to be possible for them to break up Facebook just because, because they don't know how a tech company works. Yeah, for one, they don't know how a tech company works. Second, there are companies that are bigger than Facebook, so. If they're going to break up Facebook, they're going to have to break up the other companies first. And those companies are a lot harder to break up if they wanted to. So I, I think it's just unrealistic if it comes to like actually breaking them up. And they obviously like as like a company, your goal is not to become a monopoly in a way where government's going to come in and break you up. So I also think Facebook's going to take action in terms of like, moving away from making themselves look like a monopoly. I mean, in some sense, they, they still kind of are, right? They're in, some, in terms of social media, right? Yeah, so people say that, but then now there are big independent companies in the social media space, right? There's right. Twitter now, there's Pinterest now, there's uh, Snapchat, which I don't right. think... But I not, mean, our not nearly as, not nearly then, as yeah. many active users and that that spanning of a of a user base so uh so i mean that's just because they're young right so over time user bases grow exponentially and or yeah exponentially and then it kind of levels off right so facebook you can kind of see it leveling off because at a certain point you just have everybody on that social media network right and then it doesn't really continue to grow as fast depending on how many people are onboarding onto the internet. But right. the other platforms are growing a lot faster. So like if you look at TikTok, which grew massively over the last year, um, there's going to be a case where TikTok might have as much users in the US as Facebook or even more, right? So these... Yeah, right. I, think that's, I think you and I can agree that's not, that's not very possible though. I, I don't think it's not possible just because like TikTok is very... The likelihood. We're talking about likelihood. Right. But then like we, we always see, we always think that like th there's a new kid on the block and this guy, this guy we don't know for sure if they're going to take over, but like TikTok's in a, has been moving in a way where it's like, it seems like it has the potential to become the next number one. I, I, I don't know about your opinion, but like my opinion, it's, it's almost hit every age group. Sure somewhat similar to like how facebook has done it so i think tiktok definitely has the potential to be there so this is also like a bearish signal for facebook right if more people are willing to go to tiktok rather than facebook but it's gonna make fa facebook look less of a monopoly at least in the social media space to clarify when we say facebook we're talking about facebook's whole suite of products including right instagram. that's instagram and whatsapp yep. yeah and, and like this 
to give this discussion a label, like within this kind of qualitative analysis and discussions that we're having, we're like basically discussing the ideas and our opinions on Facebook's like moat and like its network effect and how is there any like switching costs or are they like the top dog or, you know, these kind of terms that we threw around in part two. And so Mm -hmm. we're kind of, these are the research that we've done or ideas that we've gotten about the company where we're bringing it up and kind of discussing it so that we have an idea on the potential that it could potentially have on the company and its impact on its growth or, you know, causing it not to grow. Right. Right. Did you have any other opinions on that, Andrew? No, I mean, on that, I didn't really have anything much other to say. I think we probably did actually forgot one thing that... Did you ever bring up the uh, growth rate of the year-over-year for revenue? Yeah, year-over-year for revenue is 28%. Almost 30%. That was the first one. Yeah. Okay, okay. So it's growing a lot. It's growing pretty quickly for a large company. Yeah, I agree. Because usually we we don't expect that kind of growth for an established company, right? We're expecting more like 10 to, I mean, even double digits is a lot for some companies. So I think this is very good. It's just like a stat. Right. Um, so I think we should move into talking about, would you buy Facebook at this moment? I think, or would you, would you buy it? Yeah, yeah, would you buy it? Derek, Derek you can me? start. Yeah, yeah, Derek, what do you think? All right. Um, obviously like if I were to really take a deeper, like if I were to really decide if I wanted to buy Facebook or not, there's a lot of other kind of statistics that we can look at and also a lot of other qualitative stuff, but kind of from my current understanding and also some prior knowledge, I think at the moment I, I would not buy Facebook and it goes to the reasons that I kind of talked about earlier where I, I'm i not exactly sure how much more growth I think Facebook could potentially have. And when you're looking at like technology stocks or big tech, um, there are other choices that could potentially kind of tap that same market. And although Facebook does have a unique market of kind of owning the social media aspect, I think they are primarily considered a technology company with the way their gross margins are kind of viewed and how their company runs. And so um, I would probably think that Facebook is, I'm not as convicted on Facebook as I am on other technology companies. So I'd probably kind of sway towards them. And, And the other thing that we didn't talk about was kind of like the CEO kind of stuff and how that could impact company direction. Um, but you're not, you're saying you don't like Marcus Zuckerberg? I don't don't really vibe with him. Kevin's getting Kevin's, <laughs> Kevin's getting so defensive right now, man. No, man. <laughs> yeah, go, Andrew. What do you think? Um. Yeah. So I think one thing that maybe we didn't get to talk about was kind of, I think when you think about choosing individual stocks, um, obviously you can get exposure to Facebook if you invest in S and P five hundred or even some of the ETFs yeah. like QQQ. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I mean, even if you don't necessarily believe in Facebook, for the average investor, too bad. Like you're you're invested partially. You're already, partially yeah. in, you're Facebook, already in it. Right? You're already yeah. in. Um, but I, I think when you're choosing individual stocks, I think it's generally about kind of um, choosing between, right? Because you're not if yeah, you're gonna so- choose all the big tech stocks, you're essentially just building out 
the S and P five hundred for yourself, right? Or at some the other, moment, like, right? Right, right, right. And change. so I think, um, actually, just just to clarify, that Derek, I think it's gonna be for almost our own entire lifetime. This is my take. You don't think the S and P is gonna change much? Oh, no, it will definitely change. It changes all the time. But I'm just saying for the these big dogs, I oh, think they're gonna for stay our lifetime, there. They're gonna stay in here. Yeah. That's... Unless they unless they do something different, right? Unless yeah, unless they, they do like... something different to the point where they get go bankrupt, right? But if they right, just maintain right. their business model, I feel like there's nothing that's gonna like stop somehow them. like yeah. Anyways, um so I guess my point is you have to choose between um the various stocks and I think um from my t- uh, my personal opinion, um there's other I think better opportunities um to uh invest or better stocks to invest in or better companies to invest in that are within also the like um, you know like the fang stocks um or just the kind of the top the kind of the bigger larger cap um companies within the s&p 500 in the stock market so um that's my take i don't think it's a bad company but i think it's a matter of of um choosing what you want to take risks on and choosing which companies you feel like has more room for growth i think which i think kevin will probably bring up Mm-hmm. So for me, if, since no one asked, um... <laughs> hey, Andrew alluded to it, which Kevin will bring up. No, no, no. Okay. No one asked. <laughs> Kevin's salty, man. This is two versus one. He feels that. No, no, no. So for me, I I think uh, Facebook is a buy right now, just because out of so for me, like Andrew kind of mentioned it, when you're picking individual stocks, you kind of have to look at the opportunity cost there. So, like, if you pick, I mean, Facebook, or, like, out of the fang, there's Apple, Microsoft, Netflix, Google, and all of those companies. So, in my opinion, out of the fang companies, Facebook has the highest growth potential. So, I would more likely pick Facebook, and I would would buy Facebook because they have more room for growth. Not only because it's one of the small, the ones that were kind of left behind during the pandemic. So like during the pandemic, we kind of all saw the, the big tech companies kind of run, right? So now prior to the pandemic, most of like the biggest company ever was 1 trillion, which was Apple at the time, Apple and Amazon, right? They were competing at the $1 trillion mark. Mm -hmm. And as the pandemic kicked off, right? We started seeing companies reach two trillion. So now we're seeing Microsoft, uh, Apple, and Amazon all close to two trillion. But then Facebook, who didn't get pulled along with the big tech rally, has been growing as fast as the other big tech companies, or even faster. So in terms of opportunity costs, I think Facebook has the highest opportunity to grow into the big tech uh, category where it belongs. Um, it is a big tech company, though. I mean, it's considered big tech, but it, the valuation isn't really big tech, right? It's so almost one trillion, Kevin. It's almost, but it's not almost. there yet. It's right. not there yet. I, th- I think generally when people talk about big tech, they're talking about like Fang size, right? Yeah, yeah, but they talk about Fang, but then it's like it's been a long time since Netflix was included, right? Because Netflix kind of fell behind in that valuation too. Like they used to be all pretty close, but Netflix and Facebook kind of fell out of that. So that's why during the pandemic, it was called the MAGA, MAGA, kind of like make America great again, but it was Microsoft, Amazon, Google, and uh, Apple. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So it, it, like, that's what happened, right? So they used two companies, Facebook and Netflix kind of fell out 
of like the big tech category. So that poor Microsoft. Poor Microsoft. Why? They're like the old grandpa that doesn't even get included in this. No, no, they're the biggest one now. The Why second? aren't they in Fang? It's not called Fang. Well, Microsoft Fang. was. Well, Microsoft was also behind prior to the pandemic, and then they shot up. I see. So now they're now. I I really don't like the new acronym of MAGA, but you know, that's what it is. Hey, you don't flip it. It's called a gam. A gam. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So let's. So um, since this is one v two. I want you guys, the audience, to kind of pitch in and kind of help me out if you believe in me or if you don't believe in me, help them out. And try don't to gotta make it personal, bro. It's about yeah, gotta make it personal. I believe in you. I'll pitch for you. No, 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 no. These, no, stocks, okay. I'll, these stocks don't I'll, have I'll your I'll take back. the audience over you guys. Okay, these, so. These stocks. <laughs> just let me know or let us know what you guys think about Facebook and how we kind of evaluated Facebook. Okay. Let us know if you would evaluate it any differently. Um, but yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for tuning in.